This is Keep It Genki Podcast, brought to you by Muslim Manga. Assalamualaikum everyone, welcome back to the Keep It Genki Podcast, brought to you by Muslim Manga with me, Pachi Pingu, and once again with... Our friend Sema. Hi everyone. And for this episode of our podcast, we're gonna talk about this year Ramadan in Idul Fitri. Uh, kind of like a look back, if uh, for me, a look back on Ramadan and Idul Fitri, and maybe compare it with the previous year, something like that. So as I mentioned earlier, this time we're gonna discuss about this year Ramadan and. Idul Fitri, kind of like look back, of course. Uh, by the way, for uh, non-Muslim audience out there, if if it's theirs, um, um, this is a short explanation. Ramadan is a a month in the according to the Islamic lunar calendar, where we usually fasting. Not usually, of course, we fasting on that month, uh, as as is a order in the religion, and. Idul Fitri, meanwhile, is uh, a day where we celebrate the the fasting, the success of we fasting in in the month of Ramadan. It's not just fasting; it's, it's also celebrate uh, the success uh, of what we achieve with that fasting, like um, you know, a good value, something like that. Uh, okay, I guess without further ado, I think maybe we can start with. The look back at our Ramadan this year. So I guess maybe I start first. Yeah, sure. Okay. So for a look back for this year of Ramadan, if um, you ask me as um, as a Malaysian especially, um, this year Ramadan is is almost to come back as like uh, the normal Ramadan like uh, before uh, COVID strike our country because um, of course there's uh, there's a lot of uh, COVID nineteen. Restriction have been um, taken off by the uh, health authority and also the Department of Islamic Affairs federally and um, the Department of Islamic Religion for the state I live, which is Lango. Uh, although uh, this is honest, actually, um, Ramadan in my state, although I live in Kuala Lumpur for some reason, it was administered by the government of Selangor. Yes, kind of weird uh, circumstances uh, about the about the area I live, but easy to say, um, you can uh, just assume I live in the state of Slango. Um, I can say that literally we are the only state that have kind of like tight regulation when it came to the Islamic affair, you know, uh, thingy, uh, uh, the law, uh, because um, us now actually, uh, when while the federal territory and I believe other states already remove most of the... Um, Uh, social distancing regulation when praying, we still have that. <laughs> And yeah, I, I, of course, uh, because I I also volunteer at the mosque, I often hear kind of like people talk bad, like uh, really, really dislike that that circumstance. Like others, even federal territory doesn't have social distancing regulation SOP, and we still stuck with that. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking at the at the regulation part because of course Selangor and Kuala Lumpur is not really a different now because well Selangor is uh, turning into Kuala Lumpur because you know we just next to each other and 
Kuala Lumpur originally is a Kuala Lumpur, uh, is a Selangor, so it makes sense kind of like Selangor to be uh, to towards to be a metropolitan and plus part of Selangor is under Klang Valley metropolitan area. So yeah, so it's it's just pointless for that regulation now because even the, the capital that was crowded doesn't do that. So what's the point of the like uh, the neighboring state? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But nevertheless, at least they uh, remove like um, you know um, they soften the regulation because that's actually um, even during Ramadan there is a controversy which is this is true actually while other state uh, during the vaccination they only required uh, uh, a Malaysian probably the resident of the state or even tourists uh, to only have uh, two doses of the COVID nineteen vaccine. For the state of Selangor, it's pretty extreme. They also want you to have booster. So yeah, it's a, there's so many um, complaint towards the government and also the Islam, the state Islamic authority because yeah, that's uh, uh, because at that time um, people not really confident with vaccine and not just uh, not vaccine the booster dose. Uh, we we don't really have trouble problem with vaccine, but the the booster dose because they're so. I uh, in Malaysia there's so many cases of people not just get sick but also die because of the booster dose. So, Whoa. so adding adding that regulation it just make people even sad. Like, uh, people not really at that time not really want to take booster dose, and you ask them to take that. Yeah, you know, for um in like Malaysia and stuff like that. Um, did you take two vaccines for the first part or just one? Uh, I, t- I take both. I already I already fully vaccinated plus oh, booster. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, because uh, because I just yeah. So like altogether, yeah. it's like three vaccines that you have yeah, to take, three, including uh, booster. Uh, it's it's the same type. Actually, the reason probably I can say why actually uh, this is my kind of like observation and also a bit report from the health authority. The reason why there's so many people get sick and death because uh, originally uh, kind of the booster dose in our country kind of not enough if uh, for each type or the each brand so that the the health authority thing like well then because there is no report saying that you you cannot take a different type of booster so let just them take mix and that's actually where it goes wrong actually so oh, okay. they changed that actually that uh, they changed back actually to you know to uh, they're not really uh, make uh, you to take the same brand for booster type as your main uh, dose, but you can choose. Like when I do the booster dose, of course I chose the same um, the brand I take, which is Pfizer, because I just afraid that if I take other brand, maybe there's a very yeah, heavy. Yeah, I took the same effect. one. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's a look back a bit for Ramadan. So. But the great thing I can say about the this year Ramadan also because uh, although he, uh, although there is a distancing a bit it's not really uh, one meter social distancing during solah actually in the state of Langor it just uh, it's just uh, because it's, you are required to bring sajada you just need to you know just put the sajada next to each other sajada so it's a bit uh, it's half a less space but uh, almost like. Almost like normal, if you see. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, like, so the um, experience here, is... Yeah, um, like here, um, 
because like we we don't like live in a Muslim country, we didn't really have any specific laws to do with that. But like I think it was like like a general um thing that we had to keep like two meters away from each other, even in the mosque. So like at first um yeah like at first uh that kind of like we basically just had to do that for the first couple of months. But then after when it got like really really bad, um. Like oh. I think there was like over a thousand deaths like every single day here. So yeah, and um, it got like quite bad here. So um, like they just had to like close down the mosques and stuff as well. So yeah, like even in uh, Ramadan as well, like we weren't allowed to go into each other's houses or anything like that. We just had to like stay in like just our houses alone. Even on Eid, it was like that as well. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like the restrictions here, the restrictions were here like were quite strict actually. Like uh, you could get a fine. I don't know how much it was, maybe like fifty to a hundred pounds or something. Like even like two hundred pounds if you like broke the rules. Yeah, here it's also the same, kind of the same. Like uh, we have heavy like uh, fine, but uh, because it's uh, because there's many um, regulation. It it is because uh, what I realize is that the health authority changed their plan how to, you know, how to fight COVID rather than the, like that because they realize uh, that public although yeah public willing to help have authority but uh if if it's something that related to regulation like a st- strict regulation over the time people will be tri- tired and at the end it doesn't work so they try to find a way that the people doesn't really need to follow a strict regulation maybe kind of like a mild regulation simple regulation but at the same uh, at the same time it will yeah, be yeah, easy for them to control covid And so what I see is that they basically categorize the COVID case and uh, they do a COVID case categorization. So if you are like category one and category two, if you got COVID, uh, you just, you, they just treat you like you have a, you know, have a fever like that. But yeah, you still need to quarantine, but the, the quarantine oh, wow. regulation is not that strict now. Oh, yeah. yeah like for us, yeah. But actually um, it's kind of, even if we had but contact with someone. It's kind of work. It's, it's not worked that well, but it's kind of work at least. Yeah, yeah. Like here it was like really strict because um, like even if you had contact with someone, maybe mm. like at work who later got COVID, you had to quarantine as well for like 14 days. Oh. So yeah. If it's here, it, it depends on the case. If like uh, if you have the contact with the COVID patient, but it's like, you know, category one and category two, your, uh, your quarantine time probably short. It's not long, but And also, it's a self-surveillance, and it's not under, uh, it's not, uh, it's not. Y- you need to quarantine at the hospital, but or quarantine zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same for us as but well. But yeah, if you uh, was a close contact with those with a uh, category two, three, which is the uh, worst cases, that's where the old uh, strict regulation came in. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, back to Ramadan uh, again uh, in Malaysia. Of course, uh, because Malaysia is well for those who already good for already familiar with Malaysia. Of course, we know for such a you know various type of food. So of course, we're gonna talk about bazaar, bazaar Ramadan. And what I can say is for my place, actually, the bazaar Ramadan is really, really, um, <laughs> really, really boring. Uh, I mean, uh, because of the in- you know two years of covid and i believe in other places also the this year bazar ramadan is not that not not as same 
didn't have the same oomph or the same um, excitement as the year before. And plus, um, I don't think uh, people's spending is, uh, you know, decreasing for this year Ramadan. Maybe it's decreased a bit because, well, during Ramadan, I <laughs> during Ramadan, it's still the trash, the food trash, not really the food trash, uh, kind of like the trash uh, of your the f- of the food packaging is still as the same same much uh, same many as the year bef- uh, a year before covid so um <laughs> so but what i can say is that um, the choice of the food and also the food price is getting higher and higher in malaysia like uh, like if i take martabak for example like the previous uh, before covid time i believe the just the the one like the one piece of martabak is like Like around two ringgit, and this year Ramadan, I still remember the price is five ringgit. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Is, is there like a yeah. reason? The the reason is of course the the food, uh, the the ingredient price are also getting high. So yeah, then the only good thing is that of course many people understand, and of course the 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 seller also try as as possible to you know to decrease the price because they know if the price is too expensive then people not gonna buy but yeah because people understand we didn't really we kind of compensate with that a bit but yeah if you uh if you see the this year bazaar ramadan and also the food price in general it's it's getting expensive uh here uh, in any kind of the food even the essential are getting expensive a bit even though it's a control uh, by the um, consumer administration to make sure that yeah the f- the the essentials doesn't be expensive because then it's a, a problem for those who are you know who are have a financial crisis yeah that's like same here as well um especially because a Robert, like ramadan happened um during like uh, the ukraine like crisis and um I think we get like a lot of stuff from uh, Russia, oh. so that's why like prices like skyrocketed. To be honest, like even for stuff like eggs, mm-hmm. it went like I think it was like one pound before or like ninety p or something, and uh, now it's like one pound thirty something like that. But yeah, like wow. it's gone wow. like quite quite a lot. Wow, <laughs> yeah, the, the food price is getting high, and yeah, it's. Uh, Yeah, for some people, of course, it's a trouble. But the good thing is that I can. Well, that's kind of helping this crisis. Is that uh, now, um, even though in the strict state like uh, Selangor, uh, the Islamic authorities allow mosques to, uh, to do the the iftar, the the iftar at the mosque back. So I kind of glad with that because oh, yeah, really? I kind of glad because now I doesn't need to buy food at Bazaar Ramadan and can eat free food back. But of course, the wow. only regulation is that uh, yeah, like the only regulation they ask is that the food must be served in packaging. You cannot serve it like openly. But yeah, it's not it's oh, not really okay, a big yeah. deal. It's a it's a win win because uh, the the food server at the mosque doesn't need to clean dishes. <laughs> they just they just need to clean yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like here as well. Um, because a kind of uh, COVID um like eased and stuff. Yeah, we were allowed to do like iftar in the mosque as well. But my place is not really grand, but although it's not really grand, but yeah, it's, it's okay. I'm glad that it's kind of, it's almost like a normal because, you know, kids also uh, came to have iftar at the mosque. So yeah, kind of glad with that. Do like a lot of people have have um, iftar at the mosque? Well, for my mosque, it's not really so much because uh, plus the the our mosque design is a bit 
uh, weird a bit. It's like it's more emphasized of the prayer hall, but for other stuff, it's like very very tiny space. Like uh, like in Malaysia, by the way, uh, for residential mosque because we are all we can say kind of like Muslim majority country. So usually, if you go to the residential area mosque, um, the the prayer hall is like medium size, uh, but they have very very spacious complex like the parking lot and then the maybe the kind of like courtyard is very spacious but for our mosque it's a bit different we have big extremely kind of like unusual big for residential area uh, prayer hall but the the complex and the courtyard of our mosque is pretty tiny pretty small so that's why during juma of course traffic is a normal thing um, in front of my house oh wow like you know for here because um it's not like a muslim country mm-hmm. Um, people actually buy like normal buildings and turn it into a mosque. So that's why like um, our mosques, oh. like residential mosques, um, they like kind of just have like normal building designs, like houses, stuff like that. Yeah. And sometimes like you even get um, people mm-hmm. uh, turning like pubs into mosques as well. Wow. So like they buy um, mm-hmm. pubs or churches and then they turn it into a mosque. Oh, interesting because... Like in Malaysia, it's pretty rare to see like a, maybe like a, a shop or uh, like a house to be converted uh, to be a mosque or a prayer space. The The only way I see it is the hospital actually, especially many uh, general hospital in Kuala Lumpur because uh, most of the patient cannot go outside uh, the mosque and plus the doctor also needs to be there. So... When uh, the hospital kind of realized that, wait, the total of the plus patient and plus doctors like can form a jama'ah. So why don't we convert the already existing um, prayer? Because uh, usually most have, uh, usually hospital have like a prayers area. Why don't we just expand it a bit so it can be a mosque? And yeah, so some Whoa, usually in so hospital, cool. usually you can find this in I believe in Kuala Lumpur, uh, big hospital. A big public hospital that have a mosque inside of it, but yeah, the the mosque of course because it's inside hospital they have limited time access. Like I remember when I go to the, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, uh the hospital of uh, National University Malaysia, uh, the 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 hospital in in Kuala Lumpur is it's kind it's a university hospital, but of course it's owned by the government. And yeah, inside that it's half a mosque actually, and it's actually half a limited time. Like after Isha, like around ten to twenty minutes uh, after that, the police will come out, and if they if you're still there, they they will ask you to get out because he need to close down the mosque. Oh wow! But the the mosque is actually pretty, pretty cozy, and yeah, have a a bit different feeling because well, you know it's inside hospital, so. Yeah, that's true. Like, um, taking it back to like Ramadan, most of like the people here, um, like in the UK, they kind of do um iftar at home, with like just their families, and um, I don't think a lot of people actually go to the mosque to actually have iftar. To be honest, but um, they still do like serve food and stuff, mostly like uh rice and curry and. Like yeah, dates and stuff like that. What do they serve in uh, Malaysia? Uh, it depends on on what mosque and the menu. 
Uh, some mosque goes really fancy, like they oh, they okay. have so many dishes. Uh, but for this year, I I believe they just chose one menu because you know, uh, you need to pack, make it in packages so to follow the regulations. So I I believe most of the mosque um, this year just do it uh, do one menu. Like for my mosque, we just chose one or two menu, and obviously it's a rice. Like usually it's uh, either it's either a biryani or. Uh, or chicken rice that's the usual menu but of course they have like a side dish like a uh, like a dessert like the usual dessert of course is uh, murtabak and um, traditional uh, traditional dessert uh, or or um, uh, what we call C- candy uh, the the sweet uh, the traditional sweets like kuih uh, lapis that's the usual things they serve there Oh, okay. And o- and of course the yeah yes, like um, the various the uh, various choice of drink. But for drink, they actually for our mosques they cho- they choose like a two drink that would be the main, which is the hot and the cold um, drinks. Uh, usually the the hot one, of course, uh, throughout I believe throughout this year throughout Ramadan they chose uh, milk tea. Uh, we call uh, that our tetari, and then. For the cold drink, uh, they usually change. But if they, I believe, they didn't have any idea what they want to serve, they just go with a, uh, a red syrup. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that that for me, if uh, for me, if like uh, if like uh, the place that serve the food is not that I want, I being picky. It's just it's, <laughs> you know that they they're really out of idea what to serve when they just serve. Red syrup because that's a simple, <laughs> simple drink to make. Like just put the syrup and then put the sugar and you're done. Yeah, yeah, we have something like that as well. But um, like the red syrup, I think it's like flavored with rose or something. Oh. And yeah, like you can either have it with water or milk. Mm. But yeah. Oh, if if yeah, if you have it with milk, then it's uh, it's kind of being if you kind of upgrade it to another drink, which is we call it, uh, syrup bandung. Oh <laughs> yeah, so I I guess that's uh hmm, what else I can tell about this year Ramadan, and for oh yeah about the taraweh I can say that the taraweh for this year for in Malaysia uh for this year of Ramadan I can say it's like at my place is obviously uh, almost to be as the same as the um, usual year like uh, uh like uh, the the in the term of the how much people came to the mosque is almost like the usually a year before covid so that's a relief uh, and that's what i glad about this year ramadan and what i like and of course uh, this year ramadan is uh, <laughs> a bit special for me because um, uh, i think i think you already know that i observe in at my mosque and i got offered to kind of like intern to be the intern muazzin at my mosque during the ramadan so <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit special because I yeah that's yeah, amazing that's amazing yeah I got the chance to conduct the taraweh which is like uh, do the salawah before before we start doing taraweh so yeah it's of course it make me nervous because I never never have uh, never do that in uh, my mosque I only I only do the azan uh, for just to help the muazzin because um, uh, our muazzin at my mosque is pretty uh, pretty old they are very very uh, aging now. I believe that uh, actually, if uh, if referring to the actually uh, state regulation for the mosque, actually uh, they they actually cannot serve for the mosque because they're exceeding the limit age limit. So I kind of shocked. Like 
for how 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 they they try to convince the to the the, the Islamic affairs our State Department uh, of Islamic affairs to keep kept them in service because well Selangor have one of the state in Malaysia that have pretty strict um, Islamic regu- Islamic authorities regulation. Well, it have many advantages and disadvantages. What I can say, the advantage of that is that um, most in Selangor is the the least that have been manipulated for, you know, something that you know, politic or uh, deviant teaching because that's now become really rare here. Yeah, does that actually happen? Like, does that actually happen? You hmm. know, where um, the government try to, um, you know, try to make the mosque teach certain things. Yeah, and try. Does yeah. that happen in Malaysia? Uh, uh, in the term of like, uh, to use most like a kind of politic propaganda. In the previous time, it actually did happen. Like, uh, um, the political member goes to the mosque and being politic, and of course, actually, because in Malaysia, Islamic authorities is under the uh, exclusive power of the uh, royal institution. They. Easy to say that it's when it came to Islamic regulation, actually the federal government doesn't have direct power. Like they need to consult the king. Like it's suddenly it's it's like the table oh, turned. Wow, okay. It's kind of like the table was turned. Like in the term of the general things in the government, the the king is just like you know just agree whatever the government do. But when it came to Islamic affairs, now the gov- federal government need to consult the king. Uh, like any anything's uh, about uh, at the federal level about Islamic affairs so in the state of Selangor the, oh, okay. the our king realized that the, the uh, in our, in the state of Selangor many many politician actually politician uh, politic activists actually uh, also serve us like uh, asatiza people teach uh, teaching at the mosque so he actually i believe he worried that they also use that chance to be politic uh, so he actually I believe last year he banned any politic activist to teaching in any mosque in Selangor. Oh wow. Yeah, like um I know in some European countries, um the government, even though they're not Muslim, they try to um like bring politics into the mosque, like for bad reasons as well. For example, like France. I know that Emmanuel Macron basically like said if you I don't know how to say it, like if you bring like mm-hmm. um, really Islamic teachings and stuff like that, like wearing the hijab or something, uh-huh. to um, if you say stuff like that in the mosque, then the mosque literally might even get shut down for even saying that. Wow. So yeah, like uh, France is like so extreme, yeah. but yeah, we're lucky um, in the UK that um, no one really regulates the mosque uh, like that, to be honest. But yeah, we do have a something called um, the Muslim Council of Britain. Which basically mm-hmm. it's just like a it's like a group where like a lot of mosques can join and oh. stuff, and yeah, it's just for them to be like united in um just like the Muslim population, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually say you have to talk about this or something like that, oh yeah, so yeah, same but in France same and uh-huh. countries like that, but yeah, like in France and countries uh, like that, they actually like the government tells you what you can say and what you can't say, so yeah, I, j- I feel sorry for them. That's pretty sad though, because in Malaysia, I can tell that most is kind of like the place that define free speech in Malaysia, actually. Because uh, if if you watch, wow. yeah, uh, the reason I say that because literally the <laughs> the anti-government, the anti, not really anti-government, but uh, the place is that you often see like normal people say bad thing about government 
or like not really in the bad way, but just to make us realize it's actually most actually the 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 Asatiza point out because the what because want to say that this is wrong, the government should do that, not in political way, but you know as a normal people so uh so if that's kind of happen in Malaysia, of course, it's basically men there's a problem with democracy here because <laughs> uh, because uh, because of that uh Uh, yeah, most is kind of like uh, the definition in the term of free speech because uh, even though maybe that, you know, for example, we take example, a sheikh, he's been banned because, well, uh, the truth is there is also some kind, uh, some sheikh or some, uh, you know, Islamic uh, teacher that was banned to be a print on television to, you know, to teach Islam. Uh, that's actually happened. We call it the term. The term is we call it glued or kenegam, which mean you know ban. Well, although although that, which they still can you know they still can teaching at the mosque as long as they didn't teach weird thing or deviant thing. That's that's it. So yeah, for me, uh, when hearing your story uh, and the story about the France and something like that, it's kind of make me yeah glad with the. Uh, Islamic authority in Malaysia because they they kind of balancing with the regulating in by following the sh- uh, the Sharia and to make sure that the mosque serve the purpose what Islam want, but at the same time, uh, doesn't. Uh, but at the same time, not that into the extent that you know the either any party or the government itself can use it for their own um, their own agenda like yeah i think that's kind of a good thing living in a muslim country as well that they don't like really i i think like they take it more seriously religion in a whole yeah yeah because uh, in the usual for the big celebration of any islamic calendar like like Eid al-Fitri um, like this year Eid al-Fitri um, and like the past year Eid al-Fitri except COVID uh, usually uh, yeah the Prime Minister and of course uh, the Cabinet and uh, the 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 young Deputy Agung will you know the will conduct the uh, Eid prayer at the uh, Eid al-Fitri prayer, prayer at the uh, at the, the National Mosque sometimes they change uh, but usually yeah at the National Mosque But although that funny thing is that the live stream, like uh, the live broadcast at the national television for the Idul Fitri prayer, I just realized that they often chose the the um uh, the one of the federal mosques in Malaysia, which is Tuan Kumizan Zena Abidin Mosque uh, in Putrajaya, uh, the mosque that looks like uh, from future because it was uh, the main it's mainly built w- with metal, so. Yeah, some people call it. Uh, I I kind of call it cyberpunk moss because it looks like a fe- uh, from the future. Although <laughs> that moss not really new, it was built really old actually during the <laughs> the the time where Mahathir Mohamad was a prime minister when he was the first oh, wow. first serving. <laughs> so yeah, that moss pretty old, but it still looks uh, like it still looks new. Maybe like that's like a good design then. Yeah, we talk man just for the Ramadan. I think we talk. Uh, I talk too much, uh, but I can say uh, the favorite moment for this year Ramadan is obviously everything in general is kind of like getting back to the normal time. And as far what I talking now, yes, for other state, the basically activity inside the mosque is basically coming normal. 
getting norm back to what it used to be. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, well, of course, the cons is that yeah. because I live in Selangor, so I probably need to wait a bit longer to get normal because we still have a, a bit strict regulation. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things as well. It's just like um, because mm-hmm. uh, last year it kind of felt uh, really isolated because of COVID and stuff like that. But yeah, I think this time round you were allowed to have people in the house and everything like that. Oh yes, so, yeah. yes. So um, uh, what about you, Sema? What is uh, you kind of look back at this year Ramadan? Um, actually, like this year Ramadan was kind of uh, different because like it was the first time that I had to pay like actually um zakat. So yeah, um, because I like started work this year, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like it's, it was kind of new because I had to like do the um zakat calculator and stuff like oh. that, and basically like yeah, and basically work out like how much money I owed and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was nice because oh. I got to give like a lot to charity and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of like different for me. Wait, you mean the, you mean the, the, uh, the income zakat, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it's a fitra <laughs> for, for a second. So. Oh, no, no, no. But you know, um, my dad actually had to give um, fitra as well. Because, oh, like, yeah. he's quite ill and he couldn't fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, because Fitra is basically obligated for everyone, like, uh, even though you are not, uh, even though you're poor. It's just if you're poor, when you pay Fitra, you're going to get that back. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they're talking about zak- Zakat. Like, uh, here for, here actually, the, the which is uh, kind of like, uh, uh, what I can say, the things that, many Malaysian I mainly say to those who uh, have uh, have a income that was you know that can be say qualified uh, and need to pay income zakat is that they didn't re- for some reason they didn't realize that if they just pay zakat they actually ca- doesn't need to pay income taxes because if you actually read like a really if you actually wow. read like a kind of like our IRS uh, we call it LHDN the Uh, interstate revenue uh, 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 syndicate, which is that administers the income of the people. Actually, if you kind of read the deduction part, if uh, the deduction for zakat, if you actually just pay the whole zakat, it's almost like it doesn't need to pay the income tax. Yeah, that's literally what it is, you know. Like zakat is meant to be like yeah, the, um, the main financing, the main like, financing thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the thing that I kind of weird. Yeah, that's true. Uh, not just at the side of the government, but mainly to the people. Because even though, yeah, we're, as a Muslim country, we doesn't need to rely on the income tax where, uh, for Muslim uh, mainly. But even that, the government ha- kind of have like a cheat that you can just pay zakat full and it doesn't need to pay income tax. Why you don't do that? It yeah, had, I know. Which is yeah, pretty so weird true. because although in Malaysia, if you look at the statistics, you seem like a, well, the zakat organization in Malaysia with doing so well, but uh, you need to calculate with the the wages, the normal wages of Malaysian for the state. For, uh, if you take one state, uh, and also like uh, how the poverty rate for that state, and of course, if you calculate that, actually they're doing barely not 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 even not even uh, achieving. 10%, like for the state of Selangor, which is, by the way, in the term of zakat, the, literally the state with the most, um, the most uh, highest zakat collection, the the zakat for income, uh, for the income zakat, we only made around 
7% of the uh, of the actual amount we need to achieve which is yes pretty low really low wow yeah that is really low yeah <laughs> so yeah if you but uh, so for any people in Selangor that um, uh, need to pay income zakat please pay <laughs> help help the LZ, help LZS they need your help So wait, like you know, when you pay um like uh, zakat and stuff, the money goes back into the country, mm. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's good. Um, I think yeah, plus, I think that's really uh, good. And um yeah, plus here in um, Malaysia, plus the zakat administration is based on state. So yeah, if you're really patriotic for your state, don't worry, the zakat will help your state. It will never goes to other state unless you pay to other oh, state. Oh, that, that's, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, like um. For us, right? Uh, we don't obviously like live in a Muslim country, so uh, we had we have to give it to, um, like we can choose where it goes. I guess, like even if it's in in another country. Oh, so yeah. I basically give my zakat to um, mostly like Bangladesh, oh. where my like parents and stuff are from. So yeah, like I give it like overseas, I guess. I see. Uh, well, because here, um, based on uh, what uh, what. I usually learn at the back in my Islamic school. Uh, it's actually uh, more better, even though it doesn't. It's not really wajib. You can just pay zakat to any zakat authority as long as you pay the zakat. But it's better to to pay to the authority that at the place where you living. So yeah, because although my family is origin from the state of Kedah, we pay for the state of Selangor because we live here. Although weirdly, we weirdly we should actually. Pay to the federal territory zakat office because technically our house is you know federal territory which is Kuala Lumpur. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like I agree with that as well. I think um, if there's like people who are living in hardship in your own like area, mm-hmm. I think you should give it to yeah. them. Yeah, that that's why. Like I always tell my parents as well. Like there's so many people like. Uh, so many like homeless shelters and food banks and everything in, in even in this country and yeah like I, I was like saying to them oh why can't I just like give my zakat like in this country but then like they were like saying no you have to help back <laughs> like in your home country I I think because the so, yeah. way the way they understand is like uh, maybe the the place of your origin although it's actually the place of your living not really yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, any anything about Ramadan you uh, want to look back? Um, I think like, I think um, in Ramadan, like even in general, like the first part of Ramadan is always like kind of hard, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure like in Malaysia, but like in um, the UK, like our time changes oh. depending on like the season that Ramadan like is in. So, for example, like. Um, We had last year. Our ours was in maybe in June and July, mm-hmm. uh, where the fast was like maybe 18 to 19 hours. It was really really long and it was really hard. So um, like having well, interestingly having, in Malaysia, um, although like, we are probably one of the hot country because we in the uh, uh, I forgot the word in English, but uh, in Malay we call it khatulistiwa. Yeah, yeah. In and um and uh, although it's hot actually usually uh, I realize maybe when I start start of almost uh, the grade three of primary school I just realized that Ramadan in Malaysia although our country is hot when it came to Ramadan surprisingly the weather is like yeah it's just not too hot and not too cold yeah, yeah. that's so good I think that's like the perfect yeah. weather 
But weirdly, yeah. after the end of uh, Ramadan, it gets really hot. Right? right now, it's really hot. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, same for us as well. Um, we had, like, I was kind of in a rainy, a little bit rainy season, I guess. But yeah, and um, now, like, it's getting hot. But yeah, as I, like, said before, last year was, like, really long. And the year before, that was even longer, like, the hours of yeah. fast. But this year, it was really, like, good because in the beginning, um, it was only, like, fasting for maybe 17 hours, which actually is, like, kind of a relief. I don't know, like, yeah, even though, like, the fast ended at, like, 7.30 or something in the beginning, for us, it was, like, so early Whoa. because um, last year, yeah, last year, uh, we had to end our fast around 9 o'clock or 8.30, something like that. Whoa. So, yeah, like, in the beginning, it was uh, quite easy, actually. But, like, after, um, maybe after half of it, it became, like, really long again. So yeah, like we had to break our fast at like 8.30 some, or like 8, yeah, around 8.30. So yeah, it was quite long, maybe like 18 hours. Wow, that's a very unusual because yeah, in Malaysia it's kind of like 12 to 30 hours. <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting to know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like others. I was so surprised how early the beginning of the fast was. Mm -hmm. But then like in um, Bangladesh, like I once uh, fasted in like in Ramadan in Bangladesh as well. So yeah, like I think it's and um, their fast like ended around six o'clock or something like that. It was like quite early. I was so surprised. But at the same time, like in that country, they have like it's really, really hot and it's really like hard to fast. So yeah, like I think there's pros and yeah. cons. Like here, um, it's not it's not that hot. And It's not really hard to fast. Um, the only thing that's hard is the hours. But yeah, like in other countries, they might have a shorter fast, but it's like really difficult because it's really hot. So yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite moment during this year, Ramadan? Um, my favorite moment? I think it's just like um, in Ramadan, like I think it's just the excuse to have like lots of fruits and like lots of sweets at the end. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like normally especially like traditional sweets. Um mm -hmm. yeah, like we normally have that in special occasions and to have oh. that like nearly every day. So like in Ramadan we have it nearly like not nearly every day but we have it quite often in iftar time. So yeah, like one um yeah, there's some sweets that I really 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 like but I just don't get to have normally. So yeah. Like here the common dish like during I think like that was my uh, during favorite Ramadan iftar is obviously the lambuk porridge, bubu lambuk, uh, the martaba, and uh, um, if I'm not mistaken, a sweet called uh, uh, a pelita, uh, kuih pelita. It's basically, it's meant, um, it's meant the, uh, a candle sweet. Yeah, that's the normal Whoa. dish that we usually have. Like uh, like this year, even at the mosque, <laughs> that's the common um, dish they serve. But of course, it's a side dish, common side dish. But yeah. Yeah, like in our iftar as well, like normally we have this, um, some, I don't know if there's like a specific name for it, like in mm -hmm. English, but like we call it um, uh, kisuri, which is like, um, like a rice porridge, kind of. Uh -huh. Yeah, and we start with that. And then we have like, we have, uh, we put stuff in it, like um, chickpeas and samosas and like oh. kebabs and stuff like that. So yeah, we either like have that or we either have um, like pulau rice and stuff like that. And then after we have like fruits and sweets and stuff like that. Okay, thanks, Emma, for the for the your look back at this year Ramadan, and I think that's enough for you know Ramadan discussion. Well, yeah, it's pretty long, <laughs> but anyway, um, I think we should move on with the you know a look back at this year of 
Idul Fitri. Do you want to start with that, Sema? Yeah, okay. Um, to be honest, like this year, Eid, it wasn't anything special. Mostly because, like, um, my family who uh, said that they were gonna come uh, to like our house, uh, they ended up like canceling last minute. So yeah, like nothing really happened in oh. Eid. Yeah, I know. Like the only people who came to like my house and stuff like that is um, like my neighbors, and that's it. And yeah, like uh, yeah. So like the entire Eid was like. Um, my family just like sitting around in the house doing nothing, maybe like eating. Oh. Yeah, and that's it. Like it wasn't anything special. What about yours? What about the you know the previous year? Oh, previous year. Um, this is not facial, so. Yeah, yeah. Like um, previous year it was COVID, uh, so like no one. So it was basically the same. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I think it's uh, a lot different. Here, uh, like, uh, if if it for me, like in Malaysia now, of course, with the um, so many restriction was basically gone. The I can say that the this year Idul Fitri is kind of like very very unusually uh, exciting compared to the even the previous year before before COVID because it's been two years um, uh, during Idul Fitri there is a travel restriction interstate. Travel restriction means that you cannot travel from one state to another without a police permission. But now that was gone, so that means you can uh, you can uh, people can now go back to their hometown. And this is true for the first year during um, you know during the last week of Ramadan because yeah people wants to get back to their uh, hometown. And uh, plus, uh, with the with uh, a very very special uh, offer from the government, which is uh, not real offer, but yeah, of course it's offer, which is a free toll fee, which is it doesn't need to pay toll. Although it's kind of have the time period, but it's pretty long. So basically, any uh, toll booth you go, you doesn't need to pay. You just need to scan your ID or your prepaid card, and then it just it just let you go without paying single money to yeah to the toll concession. Oh wow! Yeah. So of course, the the effect of that is that this year, of course, many people just literally go back to their hometown. And although with although the fact that you know it's kind of this year kind of like with with that you know restriction glowing people expect to um, to more focus on you know economy or something like that but because uh, it's been two years people not get back to the village of course their own hometown of course it's pretty sad not to get the chances to get back to your hometown so i can say almost everyone trying to get that chance that it's actually cost unusual uh, congestion or traffic jam across Malaysia literally for the peninsula part of Malaysia oh wow so wait um, like, do you go like a day before Eid or like and not just that by the way uh, not just that actually it's caused oil crisis for a temporary uh, for a short period of time seriously for the first time during Eid we face oil petrol crisis wow like there's not enough gas it is because you know um, uh, because this oil, even the gas station not really prepared uh, their station to at their full capacity to expect so many people the gas supply runs out at many um, many part of Malaysia it's not that we have supply crisis it's just the at the gas station it, they just didn't have enough supply because they're not well prepared because uh, of this oh, so wow. yeah it's just a pic, a bit of the picture like how really really exciting the this year it in Malaysia generally 
And yeah, I, uh, the trip for me, for me and my family to get back to our hometown from Kuala Lumpur to Kedah, which is one of the very, very northern state in Malaysia that bordering with Thailand, uh, usually is around, usually our trip around five to six hours. And even if get long, the the reason our trip get long for usual reason is that my dad just take so much stop because you know my, my dad is now pretty old and of course uh, for con- uh, for safety reason that's why we always have uh, so many stop. But for this year, no, it's not. We the our our trip take like almost eleven hours, like double the normal normal time we need to get back to our hometown. Is it because of and the it's because traffic? of the congestion? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the traffic, and uh, of course we don't face this because we start our trip at night and gladly for somehow we can kind of like escape the congestion. But for many people, actually, the congestion is so bad that some people because they, it's just too long the the time uh, the 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 car literally not move for a long time. People just consider to do solar when the time have reached like in the middle of highway. Uh, not really in the middle, but yeah, they stop their car and go to the side and pray. That's actually happened because the congestion just bad. The car doesn't move. That's your option uh, to fulfill your duty as Muslim. That is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, like even in even here, um, you'd see like people who live in like different cities to go to work. They yeah, it kind of gets busy as well. That um, it's normal for holidays. I think that everyone just wants to leave and uh, just like go to their houses. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's uh, some of my look back. Uh, so. There's are there's other thing that I see well because it's getting um to the usual time and oh another things that interesting about this year Ramadan is that usually um I I think you familiar because sometimes I uh, posted it on Nur Times or in the chat that uh, when the start of Ramadan and the st- the end of Ramadan and the start of Eid al-Fitr I kind of post like say that the the royal uh, seal keeper uh, announced that the uh, the Ramadan is on this date and uh, the Eid if on this date uh, because in Malaysia for for the our for our Islamic lunar calendar the the way they you know the way they decide like how many days for you know for especially Ramadan and Shawwal and also for others month they actually collaborate with like with Malaysia version of NASA which is we call it Angkasa literally means space in English actually <laughs> oh, so we, they they work out the moon the moon stuff yeah to 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 like monitor the moon to mo- to do the calculation like and um, uh, try to you know using the technique introduced I forgot the name of the technique actually uh, on how to calculate uh, and to decide the uh, Ramadan and the um, Eid or we call it the Hisab uh, in the Falak study but I forgot the, the technique name but yeah they're doing that with the collaboration of you know uh, the Angkasa the, the space organization in Malaysia owned by government of course like like NASA uh, obviously in US but yeah they co- collaborate with that to to do the uh, to do the moon sighting like uh, to decide which what day the start of Ramadan and what day the the start of Eid al-Fitri and of course that's common because that's the one of the way to decide which is just to see the the moon 
But usually the in Malaysia they also do like uh, the as I said earlier like uh, they kind of guess based on the calculation and the previous data what probably this year Ramadan will be uh, um, how many days and what the start of the Ramadan and what the end of Ramadan. So uh, <laughs> so the story is because this year actually uh, the Falak department for the uh, Department of Islamic Affairs for federal for for the fed, at the federal level basically across Malaysia announced that across Malaysia now uh, all fala organization uh, because again uh, each islamic uh, authorities in the state have their own fala organization obviously uh, because that's yeah, that's how it work in Malaysia so the the jakim uh, the fala department for jakim announced that federally there will be cha- they, we will changing the way they do the hisab the calculation to deciding the start of ramadan and the end of ramadan and actually this announcement if i'm not mistaken actually done like in the middle of ramadan actually uh, they announced that and of course it's not really a huge deal people not really raise uh, not really see what's coming but actually <laughs> what's the effect of that is that there are guess on when the the start of Eid al-Fitri is off actually because if you look at this year calendar it said the uh, it said the uh, the start of what first Shawwal is on the 3rd of May but actually in reality uh, this year we actually start the Eid on 2nd of May because uh, if you look at the announcement yeah they announced it was the 2nd of the May because plus with the actually the good weather on the day they do the moon sighting they just realize hey wait the, the moon already appears so yeah and the effect is that everyone literally freaked out because yeah people expect that that uh, the the eight will be on third but actually it's tomorrow so people just freak out to prepare for the next day of Eid uh, al-Fitr. Oh wow. Yeah like um I think like uh, basically like um I think anyone who's east of Saudi Arabia they have to um do it like a day later. Uh, they have to start Ramadan a day later. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah and then everyone who's like um west of Saudi Arabia they just follow Saudi Arabia's time that's why so, uh, yeah that's why like uh, we did um our Eid um I mean our Ramadan we did um a day before you I think oh yeah and, but then I was surprised because um you guys did um Eid the same day as us yeah because of that of the the you know the follow report that just realized wait we yeah. s- we saw the moon because actually for many years actually we we actually in Malaysia we never saw the moon actually because yeah it's pretty cloudy and plus based on the uh, the hisab calculation is the it seems like the hisab calculation was right and of course it's always right actually <laughs> but yeah for this year because they changed the way of calculation last minute actually not really last minute but kind of like uh, in the middle of Ramadan of course the first of course they realized the calculation a bit off and the second plus uh, because in Malaysia we do the both we do the calculation and then we also look at the moon <laughs> yeah they saw the moon and wait <laughs> oh the 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 eight is next day <laughs> Yeah, like even I was surprised so, yeah. because um I expected you guys to do it maybe like a day after. But yeah, because like you started a day before. Yeah. But I know like in Bangladesh um they did Eid on uh like a day after mm-hmm. us. So yeah, I think they celebrated on yeah. maybe like 
Tuesday. And I still remember like at the, my grandparent house and that like everyone was freaked out. The, the lucky thing is that we already well prepared because for some reason we think well we we better just prepare everything so it will be easy for us to you know prepare for this year of it. And then when that announcement came, at first actually many Malaysian what make it even more shocking because at first we thought it's a it's just a rumor because even before that announcement there's so many rumors say that the it will be on the second of May. Of course. We We, uh, many people was just you know not gonna believe because usually we just wait the announcement from the royal seal keeper because uh, when he announced probably others many of the um, smart people already do the calculation and also you know astronomy thing to just to confirm that tomorrow or maybe a certain day is the it is the start of the first shawal but yeah uh, because of that like uh, the conflict between the that first that assumed to be fake that suddenly become a real news like. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fake news because at the time that news was come, yeah, there's no wording from the the authority, uh, the author, uh, the people responsible saying that the it will be start on the second uh, May. But when when it's actually been confirmed, then the, the fake news become the true news. Yeah, is that like the reason why the traffic was so um, much as well? Because it was like a sudden or... Yeah, probably yes. That's probably the reason because people like, wait, I want to get back as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's um, my um, one of like um, look back for this year of Eid al-Fitri. And um, I cannot say much about back years also because, well, for the for last two years, of course, it's COVID and nothing much. And like the, even the previous, previous year, it's pretty much the same. Except for this year, actually, the only things that unusual is that uh, I actually go to, uh, you know, my village. Um, my village actually located at a very, very um, rural area in state of Kedah. It's actually in the district of Baling, which is one of the, if I'm not mistaken, it's the biggest district in the state of Kedah. And what the funny thing is that I actually go pray to the musolla, uh, like a musolla, small musolla in our village, uh, and it's really old. Uh, but yeah, I go to pray there, and of course, obviously, for uh, there's no one there. So and of course, it's actually uh, it's just like really the on time of the, if I'm not mistaken, asar prayer. So, uh, so because I have a experience and I. And also in duty as a mozin at my mosque, uh, even though as the relief. So it's kind of responsibility for me to, you know, to do the azan because uh, if I didn't do, then it's kind of responsible because I have the knowledge. But why I don't do, I didn't use my knowledge to azan. So yeah, I, I shot the azan and yeah, and a couple people came. But uh, it actually happened for like a two time because at the uh, the Isha time, it's the same thing happened. So I do that. But the funny thing is that the... <laughs> <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, the imam at that musola kind of mad uh, at me, <laughs> saying that I have I I'm being rude. And the funny thing is that that's make me and my parent and my cousin laugh so hard. Is he say that I'm being rude because just like it's like I breaking into people's house. And of course we stare at each other. This is musola. It's not. It doesn't own by anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, we. <laughs> it's it's a. It's a funny, pretty much funny experience for me. Well, probably in the maybe as a muazin for the mosque because people for uh someone complained people for azan because it's pretty weird. Of course, it's obviously weird because you should uh uh if um uh, the place where people you know 
do the solah, which is musolla or the mosque, it must be have a person to each time to do the azan because it's the signal that this is uh, if it especially in the Muslim country, this place, the people here still pray uh, at the mosque or at the musallah. So if there's no one do the azan, it's actually a bad signal, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, the the aftermath of the of this is that I didn't really go to that musallah again. I just go, uh, literally go to the, uh, the, vill- uh, the mosque inside the village, which is, it's a bit far, like it's in at the end of the village, but well, I just don't want to get into into the fight. So yeah. You know, um, in your village, is there like a like a community mosque or something? Because um, I live in the village as well in Bangladesh, and I, they have like a family mosque, kind of like a family mosque, because like everyone in the village is kind of related to each other. So yeah, like um, yeah, I think one day or something like. Oh, the, like a. Yeah, like. like kind of like the mosque that. I guess not really. I guess because of the authority, so it's kind of impossible oh, okay. to. Yeah. To happen, like, um, uh, it's, it, the community vibe is still there. Like the community vibe of that is still there. It's just like for like uh, the family member, like uh, owning or like managing the mosque is kind of like not really. Oh happening yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because of the regulation again. Because like for example, uh, for the state of Salango, like if you want to be like uh, even the uh, the cleaner, you need to what I say. You need to have a qualification like. The cleaner, oh, wow. not really yeah. cleaner, like a, a person, like a, the chief of the cleaner. We call it uh, for the state of Slango, Sia. <laughs> I don't know why. It sounds harsh, but doesn't really <laughs> a bad. It's not a bad word, but it sounds harsh. <laughs> but yeah, you need to have qualification. Like uh, for for example, for if you raise up the step a bit for to being an imam, of course you need to have like at least you possess uh, the. Is it is it better you to you to have uh, Islamic education certification like if you're state of Selang or you then it's a SMA the Sijil Menengah Agama Secondary Islamic Education or the popular Fosanawiyah, which is it's it's kind of inherited from Al Azhar. Oh okay. And if if you don't have both uh, any of that certification, you can just uh, you can use your SPM certification or basically Malaysian version of GCE O level certificate. Uh, yeah, yeah, because of that regulation, of course, it's kind of impossible to that kind of situation to happen. But of course, like uh, the community mosque uh, would, um, you know, the people kind of, you know, get know each other. That is, there's, there's still a lot actually in the rural area. But it's, of course, it's depend on some place. Some place kind of like didn't really have, some place really have that. Yeah, like I think the reason behind like um in like our village having like a mosque uh, is because... um. I think like they built it themselves with their like money and stuff and to have like a graveyard next to it as well like a family graveyard I think so yeah that's probably that probably makes sense like if here uh, I believe uh, it's like really it's less possible it's not that I can I cannot really say it's impossible because uh, sometimes it's kind of sometimes I do hear the story but it's kind of Im- almost impossible because of some kind of guidelines by the uh, Islamic authorities. So it's it's a bit it's a bit kind of less possible. Yeah, like um actually like uh, me bringing up like um graveyards and stuff like that. You know, on Eid, I'm not sure like if you guys do it, but um 
even in this country as well, some people actually like go to the graveyard on Eid, on Eid day and um, like just visit their like dead relatives. I guess. Do you guys do that? Or yeah, some some people do that. Uh, although uh, usually uh, usually before people do it on the first Eid, but because some of uh, some Asad, uh, some you know some uh, Asatids um, suggest that uh, you shouldn't do that on the first Eid. It's not that it's it's not that it's you cannot do that. It's not that the re- the religion forbid it, but it's Eid. It's the day you should be happy. Yeah, so yeah. why visiting graveyard? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so usually people do that like uh, the second day of Shawwal. So oh, okay, yeah, 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 just to comply with that. It's, yeah, it's really it's sad actually. You know, you know, in like um, yeah. non, you know, in uh, non-Muslim countries, we only have like mm-hmm. Eid for like one day. So like the next day, you <laughs> either have school or work. So yeah, like yeah. as well, it's kind of confusing because you know Eid it can fall on like well, um, either one day or the other. And um, for like yeah. schools and for um, like workplaces, it's hard to say to non-Muslim people that oh, I need to take a day off or like you know from school or from work. But uh, and yeah. then they ask you uh, oh, like what day do you need the day off? And then like you don't know yourself, so yeah, it's quite like yeah. confusing. So yeah, like no- normally what people do is just like take two days off or something. Well, here we do the same actually, be- uh, like in the term of holidays is just uh, it's actually weird because uh, well of course because Eid al-Fitri is actually one day so uh, usually and I believe may- maybe in other Islamic countries I'm not sure they probably just celebrate one or even they want to extend it maybe two or three days but uh, yeah, yeah. I know like Eid is meant I, to like um, last like what, uh, more than one yeah, day right? to, meant to be one day but uh well, maybe it's it's maybe acceptable if you extend a bit two or three, three days. Maybe if you we want to visit people, but like in Malaysia, I believe it's in extent to Singapore, Brunei, and Indonesia. We're kind of literally like considered the Shawal is the month of celebration. So <laughs> expect that people still doing the open house like near the end of Shawal. <laughs> yeah, like what is that anyway? I think I've heard about that before. Uh, oh, open house is basically like a gathering. Um, you may it's, you can make it on the in your house. Like you, it's like an event where you just invite people to camp, camp, come on, and to be social, uh, to show, uh, oh, okay. to talk each other, and then have a eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, like I, I saw, I think mm-hmm. I saw that um in like a blog or a video or something like eat around the world, and one of them was like that. Oh. <laughs> Of course, it's funny because even this, this also to extent of well, which is soon Idul Adha, like literally the the whole month of Zulhijjah <laughs> here in Malaysia, they're probably just gonna celebrate. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, that's something really good about like Muslim countries is because you actually feel yeah. like uh, it's actually Eid, but like if you live in like a non-Muslim country, it's still like a normal day. Like no one really knows that. No one really feels that it's unless like you have to do it yourself. No one really feels yeah. unless you are Muslim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, like in Christmas time, like you'd see so many decorations and everything like that. And yeah, er, like yeah. you can feel that it's Christmas, but like for Eid, like there's none of that, nothing. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, that that's true also. Because like like uh, probably I believe in other Muslim country, uh, we usually decorate, you know, do the decoration to kind of like to have the vibe of well, it's Eid Fitri. Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have we don't do any decorations or anything or like even on the street, no one gets that vibe. You just like walk around doing nothing. Yeah. 
So yeah, like for us, like uh, Eid is mostly like inside the house, but not really outside. Sometimes you have um, Eid fun fairs, like there's yeah, there's like uh, people handing out like uh, sweets and stuff like that, and uh, going on rides, but that's quite rare, I think. Oh, oh yeah, the because here that's a that's kind of pretty common, except uh, sweet, not really sweet. Uh, yeah, it is sweet, but there 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 are so many sweets, but usually we kind of like present it like a dish not really yeah, dish yeah, like yeah. Uh, when you go to the uh, you ate it on the place where you're visiting not that you brought it home so ha- do you have anything to add about this year Edu Fitri? Um, basically you know um, my mom and stuff uh, like my siblings as well like uh, we basically made so much like Eid food like uh, samosas and um, something called like handesh which is like a fried um, I don't know what to say like It's like a fried something and it's quite sweet as well. And we made so many of them, right? Expecting a lot of people to come to our house and then no one showed up. So like we had all this food and yeah, like we just spent the day like uh, eating it like for like lunch and then dinner and stuff like that. So yeah, that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, like after eat as well, we had so much food left over as well. So I think like right now we're just like trying to still eat it and stuff like that. That's a bit sad. What about you? Like, is there? Yeah, like, uh, what about you? Is there like a specific yeah. food or something that you guys eat for Eid? Mm, usually, usually there's a there's a kind of like um, a rice that stuffed into a uh, into a uh, a folded um, a palm a palm a leaf, folded right? leaf. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's we call it ketupat. I think you know how it looks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know. Uh, it's actually a sticky rice. Actually, I forgot. It's a sticky rice. Actually, uh, it's not just a rice because if it's just a rice, then it's actually not ketupat. It's actually nasi impit, which is kind of like compressed uh, rice, stuffed into a kind of like a bag, and then you you know you steam it. You cook it, but the ketupat is a bit different. It's actually a sticky rice, and you probably put a coconut milk, and and some people put it a bit of the spice to make it taste better. But I just like the normal way, and yeah, you cook it, you steam it. Usually, you steam it, uh, you steam it, uh, and then serve it to the people. And there's another uh, dish which is we call it lemang. It's same like uh, the the ingredient basically the same like uh, ketupat. It's just the way you cook it different because the lemang uh, usually and still does uh, people cook it by you know kind of like um, kind of like roast it outside with fire <laughs> something like that. Oh wow, that sounds so uh, cool. And of course the and lemang is actually stuffed. Uh, if the ketupat stuffed inside the leaf, uh, lemang is actually stuffed inside. Uh, uh, a bamboo, a bam, a bamboo shell, something like that. Yeah, like I, I see like a lot of those like images whenever I um like search for like Eid food or something like. Whenever I search for Eid, I actually find those types of food. So yeah, I think it's like really like I don't know, popular or famous. Yeah, it's 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 re- it's it's kind of like a staple for the the this kind of occasion. Yeah, yeah. Usually, like uh, even Eid in Fitri and Eid Adha. Yeah, like even in I, I'm not sure like if you know this website like um but it's called Canva. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um I use uh-huh. it mostly to make oh um, Canva like yeah 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 I use it mostly to make um like um uh company like photos and uh, posters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, like uh, one time like on LinkedIn I wanted to uh, do like a Ramadan message or like a Eid message, and then like I search mm-hmm. on Canva like Eid and stuff like that, and all those foods that you mentioned would come up. Like even in like 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, um, I, I like, um, got quite surprised actually because I expected like just like normal like Eid greetings and stuff like that. But yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, I think yeah, yeah. But like, cause obviously like I, I live in the UK and stuff. I didn't like expect um it to like show Malaysian stuff as well. I didn't even. I didn't even expect that to 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 happen. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything to add? Um, not really. Not really. And uh, oh, I forgot about my favorite moment. Uh, oh, my favorite moment for it is basically uh, of course, getting EDs. <laughs> the money. You still get them. <laughs> for some reason, I still get that. Oh wow! Because like you have to Because be like. usually here. It's usually like uh, younger younger people. Yeah, younger people. Usually kids like uh, grade schoolers and elementary school, uh, but usually it's stop uh, if you became like um, you know high schooler. But weirdly for me, I even until now I still get EDs. That's actually so like yeah, yeah that's good. Pretty handy. Yeah. <laughs> At least I can pay my higher education fee. Do you actually use it for that? Uh yeah, for preparation, <laughs> like uh, to buy oh, stuff wow. that I need. <laughs> Oh okay yeah yeah. And plus a good thing is actually there's an initiative for young people which is government giving um 150 ringgit for you know you to use for pre- pre- preparing uh for you know education or or even business but yeah there is a limit actually uh the, the limit is until if i not mistaken 10 of june and i still i still didn't spend that money because uh, you get that money from the e-wallet you know app Uh, I got it from my um, from my not really e-wallet app. I actually got from my one of uh, one of the big uh, Malaysia e-commerce website Shopee. <laughs> yeah, I get oh, yeah, from yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. And uh, yeah, I still didn't spend it because you you only allowed to spend that like outside the application. Like you can only use that money like in real life. So I'd be like, that's not really handy. Although you say that it's handy because you need to you know um, do the contactless payment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's because true. like for me, like it's pretty pointless because that's the e-commerce app. So that you literally can just buy stuff inside that app. I mean, if that happened for others, um, real e-wallet app, then I don't mind actually. But <laughs> to happen such that app, it's it's make me feel like why? <laughs> yeah, but like to be honest, um, when I was doing like school prep stuff, and um, I usually just like bought it from an actual shop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like sometimes, like even um, like if you actually like be really good in school, they would give you like um this like sticker thing, and um if you oh. collect if you collect like a lot of like stickers, I guess, then uh, they would just give you free um like really good uh pens and pencils and stuff like that, and rulers and calculators. Wow, that's like an incentive, I guess. I think we we not really have that kind of initiative, but it's uh, the initiative. But usually we have the initiative where they are open to the student that probably from low income family or, you know, uh, people uh, with the stable income but it's just not really that high and probably problematic if they face kind of like a bit of financial problems. So yeah, they're open to that kind of kids to register to their program and they will give like a free school supply and uh, uniform something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, we have that the same for uniforms as well. So uh, I, I guess that's enough for yeah for the look back at. Uh, this year Eid Fitri and probably the the past year, yeah. I I I think that's enough for our Eid Fitri discussion. I guess with all those points we already discussed earlier, I guess uh, it's time to make some conclusion. So for the conclusion, uh, Sema, do you want to? Do you have anything to say to conclude this show first, or do you want me to start? 
Um, I can I can start if you want. Basically, um, I think uh, this Ramadan and this like Eid altogether, it kind of made us um, realize how important these holidays are because last year, for the last couple of years because of covid we've had like a lot of restrictions on our holidays and yeah like i think this time round seeing the difference between the last two years and this year has been like a really big change and you can actually see that oh um yeah like you can actually see the importance of like gathering and have uh, celebrating together as like family and community and stuff like that so yeah i think like that's the key takeaway from this this year i agree with that probably have the same same uh, opinion which is yeah uh, this year ramadan and idul fitri uh, is um, make us realize how just important you know for the ramadan how uh, what does it mean to be inside the month of ramadan and what does it mean to fasting like of course the the main reason why uh, fasting like i believe it's, um, so many ustads or the sheikh already pressed this which is to make us well when it came to the idul fitri we being a better person like in the term of our ibadah or in the term of you know our, how we eat although that's a, i doubt bit because of the way <laughs> actually goes but yeah anyway that's for the ramadan And uh, for Idul Fitri, yeah, for for me, yeah, with all the things what we discuss, yeah, it made me realize that this celebration is really, really not just important. It's also really, really meaningful. Like it's make us in the term of family, we being together, and for others people to just you know maybe get know each other well, and. Well, the the way that it was celebrated in Malaysia to just to to strongly remember like your root where you are from so, something like that and yeah, also yeah, based I on agree. the today's uh, this episode discussion it make me realize also how the how different country like uh, yeah I'm from Malaysia and you from United Kingdom it make me realize just how bizarrely maybe different the the way more probably the Ramadan and Idul Fitri goes like um, like in Malaysia they usually have the excitement where at the start of Ramadan and like uh, maybe at the day like it's the nearing it where people just look at their the screen of television waiting to the same old man to announce the the date <laughs> of the start of Ramadan or the the start of Shawwal. Yeah, like uh, for us, I think um, we don't really like have a specific person who says it on TV, but um, like you know that it's actually like Ramadan or Eid when there's so many like, charity programs on like the Islamic channels on TV. So yeah. So in so you guys wait for the like so many channel uh, in UK Islamic channel on TV to like say that the the date of Ramadan and uh, the date of start of Ramadan and also Eid will fit. Um. Normally we just like get it from um, family, like maybe like I don't know. We normally like word of mouth, and yeah, sometimes on TV as well they would say it. So yeah, I guess that's uh, I guess that's my conclusion. Do you want to add something? Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Oh, okay then. Uh, well, uh, well, if if that's so, well, that conclusion wrap up this episode of the Keep It Yankee podcast. And before we go, if you really like our podcast, please consider subscribe, like, 
and share. If you, by the way, if you're listening on Anchor FM, of course, you can actually support us by clicking support button and choose the amount that you can afford. Oh, by the way, if you maybe live in the country that actually that function doesn't work, which is <laughs> surprisingly Malaysia. Um, by the way, if you're from that kind of country or continent, uh, you can still support us by going to our official Patreon page at uh, patreon.com slash muslimmanga and choose the tier that you like. Uh, by the way, that's all from us, I guess. So, so again, um, I'm Pachi Bingu and this is Keep It Genki Podcast. Wabilai Taufiq Wa Assalamualaikum and see you guys soon.